Hey everybody, you're listening to Orla's Happy Hormones podcast, talking all things female health and wellness. I'm Orla O'Flaherty, a certified naturopath and herbalist, and I'm here to talk about everything from periods, hormones, fertility, health, sex, energies, self-awareness, and just life in general. Here's to happy hormones and a happy you. Hey, and welcome to episode 43 of Orla's Happy Hormones podcast. And this week I, this week was meant to be an episode on food and how it fuels you and if it fuels you and your food choices and all that. And it will be coming again. But in the last couple of days, there was a very public suicide in the media. And it really, it hit home for me, it triggered me a lot. It triggered me so much. And I had to do what I always do, go away, sit down, write it out, figure out why I was being triggered and look at myself, look at the world around us, look at everything. And it was a massive tragedy to happen to a woman. But I think I became so angry and I was, I was fuming, I was raging when I read the news. But I became so angry because in the world that we live in, we're all constantly on edge. Not everyone, not all the time, but to a certain degree. Even with the general election that happened, was it last week? And the lead up to the general election, all you could see was everything that's wrong in the world, everything that's wrong in our country, everything that needs to be fixed. And there is so much. People are homeless. People are struggling to pay rent. They're struggling to pay bills. People are struggling. And then people are knocking each other down constantly. They're throwing hate towards people. They are being nasty. They're being mean. And why? There's a huge why in that. But in the last couple of days, that news came out that Caroline Flack had killed herself. Everywhere you turned, like Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, the radio, the TV, the newspapers and magazines, it's it was all you could see everywhere. And then all on the news or on the newspapers, the massive headlines of a beautiful soul destroyed. And it was written by the very people who were tearing her down. Now, I'm not here today talking about who is to blame or what was to blame. 
I'm not here to point fingers or to judge anyone. Because at the end of the day, we, we do all make our choices. And yes, we are all influenced by circumstances and the life around us. But we do choose to stay or to go. And I'm not saying that in a disrespectful way because I've spoken about it here before. I was there and I chose before to leave. But I was lucky. But today I'm simply voicing my thoughts and, to be honest, my anger around the whole thing. And not just in relation to Caroline Black, but in relation to all of us. When I read the news, and when I saw all the comments of people blaming the media and blaming social media and pointing the fingers and throwing blame, I completely understand where that comes from. And to a degree, I also agree. I'm. There were people out there who tore a woman down so much and then there was a final straw where she couldn't take it anymore. But what I became so angry about, what I was fuming about, like I went on a massive rant. I was walking around the kitchen in my parents' house, giving out, ranting, raving. It actually overtook me which is good for me because anger is an emotion that I can never really voice <laughs> in a safe space or in a safe way. But I did with this and I got it out of my system. Not fully because I am still a little angry around this topic. But when I think about it, yes, the media did play a huge role in tearing this person down. She was bullied by other human beings under the umbrella of journalism. But the key word I want to emphasize here is she was bullied. We keep talking about social media and the media and journalism, that they are to blame. And everywhere you look now, you do see how social media is affecting people. And on lots of news outlets and talk shows, the likes of Prime Time, all that, you see people talking about how social media is ruining the younger generation. The thing about social media is that Yes, it makes it easier for people to throw hate because they're hiding behind their keyboards. They're, they're, they're the keyboard trolls. But social media doesn't make people do or say things. It just makes it easier for them to do it. It makes it easier for people to bully other people because they're hiding. They're hiding behind their computers. But bullying is something that has been around for years. 
and when I saw so many people's outrage and comments over this terrible tragedy and giving out about the media and blaming them for the way they treated her that's when I lost it because some of the same people were people who have said nasty horrible things about other people and even about me so yes I was triggered in this because I saw a massive hypocrisy and it brought me back to my own hurts from the past which showed me that okay something I need to work on there but I have done a serious amount of work over my self-worth because of bullying Look, what I'm getting to here is that when it comes to when it comes to this mortal coil of life and the changes that need to be made, we all need to start looking at ourselves first. We need to start asking ourselves the bigger questions when faced with certain situations or certain circumstances or certain people that trigger us or that we don't like or that we can't connect with. We need to start asking ourselves the bigger questions. Why is it that I'm feeling this way about a certain person or a certain situation? What is it within me that has been triggered? And look, I'm not here on my high horse because even just yesterday, we got a scare in our house and thought we were gonna lose someone and in that it made me realize crap I could be nicer to them why am I not being nicer to them at times no, not all the time but it's because they trigger me and it's the people that are closest to us in our lives that trigger us and that's for a reason I always talk about we're all here together for certain reasons we choose the people that come into our lives we choose the people who will be the closest in our lives before we come down and that's to teach us the bigger lessons in life the people who trigger us the most are the ones who are going to teach us the most but I had to go away and look at myself and be like okay I get triggered I love this person but they trigger me why? I figured it out. And now I know I'm not going to make that mistake again of flying off the handle. <laughs> That's what family's for, like I said, to trigger each other. So we can learn. But yeah, I'm off my high horse. And I'm not on my high horse with this episode. I just... I need to voice how... There is a hypocrisy out there. With everyone saying, be kind to each other. And even with the whole mental health awareness, everyone is out there talking about mental health awareness and we need to stop suicide and we do need to stop suicide. But we stop it by being kinder to each other. Not just being kinder to each other, supporting each other. 
doesn't mean you have to be in constant contact with everyone all the time. It just means having understanding and having empathy towards someone because you don't know what's going on in someone's life. Over the years from a really young age to my 20s, mid-20s, even to now actually, I have faced many a situation where I was left feeling humiliated, shamed, worthless, unlovable and questioning my very existence. All because of the words that people were either saying to me or about me. Or even simply being ignored. Some of these words were intentionally hurtful, some of them weren't. I remember, I actually remember being three and being called a boy in a dress because my hair wouldn't grow down. And I didn't feel good enough as a little girl. Then at 12, being bullied for being overweight. Then I was called names for being anorexic at 16. Then again at 21, I was trolled online. I had someone set up a false account on Bebo, it was, and call me horrible names from being a whore to a fat cow, anything you can think of, it was said. Then I gained more weight and I had people be past remarkable. I was always either too fat or too skinny. And like over the last seven years, I still have people being past remarkable about my weight and how skinny I am. Now I'm lucky because over the last seven years, yeah, I was, it got to me sometimes. Not so much anymore because I, I did the work around bullying and figuring out where bullying comes from. But yeah, sometimes when people say to me now that I'm too skinny, I'm kind of okay. I get where this has been said from, from their point of view, but I finally have a healthy relationship when it comes to food and my body. I love my body now. I can stand naked in front of a mirror, finally, at 33, and love my body. I love muscles, I go to the gym, I train my ass off. I don't have as much muscles as I want, again. That's down to health conditions. But when people are past remarkable about how skinny I am, there are times when I want to clap back and be like, I know I am. I'm trying to put on weight. Please don't judge me. But I've come to a place in my life where it doesn't matter what I say because they're not saying it to me. That's an insecurity within themselves. I could turn around and tell people what health conditions I have 
that I have a thyroid problem that causes muscle atrophy, I could go into it all with them. But nobody actually wants to know or needs to know that. But the reason I'm saying it is because everybody has something that they're struggling with. And even though you may mean no harm with your words, your words can inflict injury if you're not mindful. I was in that dark place that Caroline Flack was in. Like I said, I've spoken about it here before. I was staring down that black tunnel and I had pills spilled out in my bed and I felt that complete worthlessness, that pain that is just too dark to bear anymore. But I was lucky. I was found. My brother was there. But I saw a great quote recently and it's so true. People who consider suicide don't actually want to die. They just want life as they know to end. They just want the pain to end. And they are some of the truest words I've ever read. Because looking back on me, that was it. I, I was 15. I didn't want to die. But I couldn't face that pain anymore and listen to the words that I was hearing about me. And not too long ago, my head went back to that dark place last year and went back to that labyrinth. And again, due to circumstances and again, due to hearing things that people were saying about me. But I had forgotten my tools to work through that. And that's why my head went to a dark place for a short time, a very short time. But my thoughts did scare me. But then I knew from past experience that things would change. That not everything in this life is permanent. That everything is forever evolving. I know that from going through massive ups and downs over the last 33 years. I've experienced some of the most joyous occasions with true connection and massive belly laughs. And I've experienced the worst pains imaginable. But to truly know joy we have to go to the depths of sadness we have to feel all things as hard as it may be but knowing that life is ever evolving makes it easier to get through the dark but everyone has experienced their ups and downs. Everyone has experienced their roller coasters. Everybody is in their own roller coasters. And look, that's the point of this episode. We have all been through shit and have shit. There are bills, there's work, there's money, there's stress, there's family, there's anxiety. There's pressure to look perfect. People are pulled left, right and centre and you never know. You never know what's going to be the straw that breaks the camel's back. And that's why everyone needs to start asking the bigger questions. When we're faced with whatever situation or circumstance or person. Someone they don't like or someone that's triggering them. 
when you're asking a bigger question, you're looking for an answer. With the question comes an answer. And you're looking to understand. For me, that was it. From being bullied, like, I... I couldn't understand people. This is going back to years and years ago. I couldn't understand people's behaviours. Why would people blatantly be mean and nasty to other people? I could never fathom it. It just made no sense to me. And that's one of the reasons why I decided to study psychotherapy, was behaviours, people's behaviours. It's a topic that will always fascinate me, but I had to understand the whys. And it was in understanding the whys that I could actually get clarity and then freedom from my insecurities and all those feelings that were bubbling up in me. Years ago, I always worried about why I wasn't liked. Now I know I'm not liked by everyone, but I'm actually really okay with that because not everyone is going to like you and you're not going to like everyone. But it's knowing the difference of being kind and being mean towards someone that you do or don't like. When it comes to interpersonal relationships and everyone we come into contact with, it's either what it comes down to is we are either a projection or a reflection. Everyone you meet is either a projection or a reflection of yourself. Like for me now, if someone calls me a whore, I know that's a deep ingrained feeling they have about themselves. That's if it's a woman, if it's a man, it's their way to belittle and to shame and to have power. If someone calls me too skinny or too fat, I know that's an insecurity they have within themselves and they're projecting it onto me. If people don't agree with me, if people don't agree with my beliefs and make fun of them, cool. They're not comfortable with them and that's okay. But it's my response to their words that matters. It's how I take them on. Do I let them fester inside me and wonder and question? No. Now, now I'm lucky because I've done the work over the years. Yes, last year I may have went to a bit of a dark place, but again, I didn't not that I didn't have the tools, I had forgotten the tools and I had to be reminded of them. But now I'm like, yeah, cool. Call me whatever you want. Because I know who I am. And I know that this is just some sort of projection that you're throwing out. So now it does all go over my head, but I'm lucky because I have the tools to be aware of that. Other people don't have these tools. So it's a matter of being mindful with your words because you don't know what could be the last draw, that last bit of weight that can break someone down. When it comes to bullying and shaming, There are so many different layers to it. These are the tools that I've developed over the years from studying and from life. 
But the first is realising what I've just said above. Everybody's thoughts and words about others is either a projection or a reflection of themselves. So training your brain to reinforce that is so important for the next time someone says something to you or about you. Look, that saying, hurt people hurt people, is very true. And it's an easy one to remember. But it's truly believing that. Really understanding that hurt people hurt people. That's when you'll have, and I'm not going to say no attachment, but little attachment to what is being said. The next stage is seeing where you're triggered. If someone says something about you or to you and you're triggered, this is an opportunity for you to heal an area that's already in yourself, something that needs to be looked at, something that needs a bit of TLC. Like, usually underneath anger, sadness, all those negative emotions, there's nine times out of 10 It's usually the feelings of being unworthy or not good enough or not likeable. And when it comes to life, everybody does just want to be liked. Everybody does just want to get along with each other. Everybody's in their own heads. But when that trigger comes up, that's the awareness. That's something that you can work on to shine light on and to love yourself through it. The third layer is not attaching permanently to what was triggered in you. Recognizing if someone said or done something to you from a place of shittiness, that that's on them. You may have been emotionally triggered to look at a certain subconscious belief or certain area in your life, but the that does not excuse intentionally hurtful behaviours. Do not own someone else's shit because that's not healthy either. See where you're triggered, feel the emotions, work through them, but do not own someone else's shitty behaviour. And that's where the fourth stage comes in. It's boundaries. If someone says or does something that is shitty or nasty, voice it to them. Let them know that it was hurtful. Take your power back. You don't have to scream or shout. Just say you won't accept being spoken to or treated a certain way. Now, sometimes it does end up in screaming and shouting, but that's because you haven't kept your boundaries up. If you voice that you won't accept something and if that person doesn't respect that, that's when you create space between you and them. Again, it's about taking your power back. But always, always, always remembering that when someone does say or do something, it's a projection of them. And it's how you handle it that makes the difference for you.
But what I will ask everyone here to do is next time you find yourself bitching or gossiping or trolling someone, ask yourself these few questions. Why am I doing this? Why am I saying this? Is this true? Are my words truthful? If yes, will they cause hurt or pain? Even if you think the person won't find out, trust me. (laughs) I know so much of what's been said about me. Again, it rolls off me like water off a duck's back now. But ask, will it be a cause of good or harm? Even if they will or won't find out. If the words aren't true, why are you saying it? Do you feel incomplete in yourself in some way? That you need to put another person down to make yourself feel better? Do you need to have control over someone else because you can't control your own thoughts or emotions or life? Just ask yourself what good will being mean or nasty to another person do for you in the long term? Because it won't do anything. Until you work on your own demons and face your own skeletons and insecurities, putting others down will do nothing for you in the long run. It'll bring no peace and it'll bring no lasting joy. It may bring an instant feeling of power, but it'll bring no peace or joy. I just ask for people not to be dicks, really. To show compassion, to lift one another up, as cheesy as it sounds, but do lift someone else up instead of tearing them down. And then when you see someone putting others down or you're in a group where it's happening, if you don't like what you're seeing or hearing, do something. Speak up or leave the company you're with. Lack of action is an action within itself. You can help someone in life rather than hurt them. Trust me, that's what's going to bring you greater joy. If we can all leave this world a little better, a little brighter than when we came into it, just imagine what a world we could live in. Everybody's struggling. Everybody has their shit. So do be kind to one another. But also look at yourself. Look at your actions and your words. Look, I'm holding my hand up here. I'm coming down off my high horse. Like I said earlier. I realised that. I wasn't always being nice to my dad. He triggers me. I trigger him. We butt heads. We love each other deeply. But when the thoughts of actually losing him came, everything got shifted into perspective. So now I know that's something I need to work on. I need to work on this relationship. As in, I need to not be a dick to him. And if he's still a dick to me, eh, then I work on that. Water off a duck's back. <laughs> but that's life. It's how we react and respond to certain situations. 
and it's realising why it is we do things and at the end of the day it's always 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 coming back to yourself you have to look at yourself as much as I would love to go out with a magic wand and change the world and make everyone be nice to each other I can't as much as I would like to get rid of all the hardship and the pain that's out there because there's so much pain out there I can't but there's also so much joy out there and for anyone that is contemplating ending things or for anyone who just can't handle the pain anymore I beg you to hold on tight because I was lucky I was very lucky I was found and I got to live so many adventures (laughs) there are so many things that never would have happened if I had succeeded I wouldn't have my two beautiful nieces in my life I wouldn't have gone on so many raves I wouldn't have met so many fantastic people and laughed for nights on end or experienced love there is so much in this life that's waiting for us we just don't know what's around the corner so it's a matter of holding on and fighting through it and looking for the good it's so much easier to see the bad than it is to see the good but consciously looking for the good every day being grateful for the things that are already in your life and blocking out what people say about you or not even blocking it out but realising that that's their shit it's not yours so don't attach to their shit it's not yours to own let them handle it so like I said just hold on that little bit tighter and keep pushing forward because you've no idea what adventure could be around the corner for you so that's this week's episode of Orla's Happy Hormones wasn't really a happy episode but I hope it sparks something in someone and shows them how to be that little bit kinder or shows them how to not attach to someone else someone else's shit like I said I'm down off my high horse I had to take a good look at myself I'm not perfect I'm far from perfect we all are far from perfect we all have people in our lives that are going to trigger us but it's about getting the lessons from those triggers working through it and moving forward and being kind just be kind when things are hard enough in this life be nice to someone smile give a hug support someone now happy weekend and happy hormones